When I was in high school, I had uh, the opportunity to play um, football, and uh, I was uh, on the offensive line. I was a guard. Um, the reason I was a guard was because I was bigger, and, uh, and, I'm, and, I'm, and because I'm bigger, I was put on the line. Um, but I also, uh, I also had speed, and so a lot of times as guards, we would have to do what was called pulling, and, uh, and we'd have to go and run to a spot in order to block for uh, the running back or, or you know, another, another person or whatever that might be running with the ball. And so um, we were going up against uh, one of our arch rivals. Um, we were the Waverly Warriors, and we were going against the Grand Ledge Comets. And uh, imagine that, Warriors and Comets. But anyway, they, uh, they were one of the top teams in the state. Um, our team was never top team in in the state ever in football. Uh, actually, if we won a game in a given year, that was a plus. Um, but this year, we were on their field playing them. Uh, it was near the end of the, uh, the, the fourth quarter. Time was running out. We were down. We were on the five-yard line, and a call came in, and uh, it was going to be a running play. And I was the guy that was going to be leading the way, blocking uh, as a guard, and I was going to be pulling as a guard. And the thing is, though, is that the defensive line that we were going against was the number one defensive line in the state. Um, I mean, the guy that I was going to have to block was a 325-pound tackle that was on his way to play football at Michigan State University. And so um, I am freaking out. I am like, okay, this guy, he's 6'3", 6'4", I'm not even six foot. And at the time, I was maybe 250, somewhere in the neck of the woods. And I was actually strong then. But anyway, uh, I digress. And, uh, and so I'm like thinking, how is this going to happen? And so, I mean, again, there's all, all, all week long, there's been all this hype about how their defensive line is impenetrable and, uh, and all this sort of stuff, right? So anyway, we get the call. I'm going to guard, I'm going to be the one uh, moving, and I'm going to be hitting this tackle to open up a hole for our running back. The, the ball is snapped. I begin to pull, and I hit the tackle, and I don't know what happened. I don't know if his shoestrings were tied or what happened, but I pancaked him to the ground, and the running back went right through the hole that I had just opened, Scored the touchdown, and we won, and we ruined their season, and it was awesome. <laughs> it was awesome. Um, it, was, it was amazing. And, and so everybody's cheering. I'm still laying on the ground on top of this dude, and, and I'm like, you know, cheering, uh, not rubbing it in his face, not really, um, but I was, we were excited because what couldn't be done happened, and, uh, and we were able to win that game, and uh, I'll never... Forget that. That was our only win in the entire season. Um, it's kind of like me with Michigan State, Michigan, right? If, 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 if we do nothing else in the season but beat the Wolverines, I'm excited as a Spartan fan, all right? So it's the same sort of thing. I don't know about what you're facing in your life, but here's a question I want to ask you. What defensive line are you facing in your life today? What impenetrable thing? What... what what trial, what difficulty, what relationship, what financial stress, what, 
what uh, prodigal son or prodigal parent or, or diagnosis or what, what is it, that defensive line that, that you're facing in your life right now that as you look at it, it seems absolutely impenetrable. It seems like there is absolutely no way that anything is going to happen. What, what are you facing today? Can I remind you that, that when there seems to be no way, the Bible makes it clear that, that God is a God of impossibility. And, and reminder, one of our memory verses is, is that what seems impossible with man is possible with God. So where, where there is no way, God makes a way. And so I don't know what you're facing, but maybe just if you hear nothing else today, be reminded of this, God can make a way where there seems to be no way. God can do that. God is the God of impossibilities. He's the God that, that does things that, that we cannot begin to understand, we cannot begin to fathom, we cannot wrap our minds around. And guess what? We're never told or called to do that. What we're told and called to do is to trust God with all our heart and to lean not on our understanding. You and I are never called to understand what's going on. What we're called to do is just trust God with it. And say, okay, God, I'm willing to trust you. I'm willing to lay it at your feet. I'm willing to follow you. I'm willing to let you lead. I'm, I'm willing to let you do what you can only do, and that's to make a way. So I, I don't know what it is that you're facing in your life today, but what I do know is, is that God is a God of possibilities. Don't forget our memory verses. Please don't forget our memory verses. I encourage you, memorize them. That's the reason why they're called memory verses. So I encourage you to memorize them. We're going to say them out loud again today. And, uh, and so maybe you're one of those who's like, oh, I don't want to look. It's on the screen. I don't want to look because I want to try to memorize it. Okay, that's cool. Then cover up your eyes, whatever. Just don't do the, you know, whatever peaky thing. Um, but here we go. Ready? First one, Psalm 46.1. Are you ready? Say it with me. God is our refuge and strength, an ever-present help in trouble. Do you believe it? Do you believe it? Luke 18, 27. But Jesus said, what is impossible with man is possible with God. John 16, 33. I have said these things to you that in me you may have peace. In the world you will have trouble, but take heart. I have overcome the world. James 4, 7 and 8. Submit yourselves, therefore, to God. Resist the devil, and he will flee from you. Draw near to God, and he'll draw near to you. How, how are you doing at that? You drawn near to God this week? You've been taking time out with God. You've been reading his word. You've been getting on your knees in prayer. If nothing else, getting on your knees in your heart. Are you drawing near to God? He wants to draw near to you. And then the, our last one from last week, James 5, 16. The prayer of a righteous person has great power as it is working. Listen, God has carried you this far. He's not about to drop you now. He's not about to drop you now. He, he has promised to never leave you, to never forsake you. He has promised to go with you, even through the valley of the shadow of death. He has promised to always be by your side or to be carrying you through. He loves you deeply. If you would, turn to Exodus chapter 14. 
We've been looking at this passage, and we'll continue to look at this passage for a few more weeks. And again, just uh, in reading these verses and and looking over them and and rereading them and realizing how much we can glean from these, we're looking at some Red Sea rules as we uh, see the people of God have been backed up. They have two defensive lines that they're fighting. They have two defensive lines that are closing in on them. One is the Red Sea. The other is the the army of Pharaoh, the army of Egypt. They're coming after them. And and so so I don't don't know what you're facing, but the people of God in this this chapter are facing two defensive lines that, that as they look at it, there is absolutely nothing, humanly speaking, that they can do to, to avoid it. And so verse 10 tells us about this pressure that's on the people of God and how they respond. And, and how they respond is they begin to fear. I, I don't know if you're in that place right now where, where fear is creeping up in your heart. But then they go from fear, they go, they go from fear to, to despair. And they begin to despair, and, and they begin to doubt, and, and as despair is, is raging its ugly head, rising its ugly head, so is doubt, and, they're, and they are they're saying it, they're telling Moses their doubt. And the pressure is, is on, and I, I don't know if you're, you're feeling that in the spot that you're in, Maybe for you it's, it's anxiety, maybe for you it's, it's worry, maybe, maybe for you it's anger, maybe for you it's some other, other thing, but whenever there's a, a gap where we don't see God at work or we don't understand what's going on and there's a gap in our lives, what we do is we fill that gap with our greatest insecurity. And so for the people of God, that greatest insecurity is fear. That, that greatest insecurity is doubt. That greatest insecurity is is despair. What are we going to do, Moses? We're going to die here. There is nothing that we can do. You brought us out here to die. And so so when when I say this statement, although they had good reason to be afraid, they they did. They had good reason to be afraid. That line of the Red Sea, not moving. That line of, of, of Pharaoh's army moving closer. The, the area is getting smaller. The reality of, of their demise is becoming more and more real. And so, so what do they do? They, they're afraid. And oftentimes, I don't know about you, but I know I can give into that very easily. I can, get in, I can give in to worry very easily. I can get in, give in to anxiety very easily. I can get into and give in to discouragement, depression, and, and, and just go on down a list of things that, that again, emotions and feelings that, that, I, that are very real and very raw and very, and, and very difficult to navigate, and I can feel those weighing in on me. And, and, and imagine there's many of you here that are also feeling that. I mean, I just say to you again, it, it's understandable the way you're feeling. There, there seems that it's good reason to be afraid, but, but here's the, the flip side of this. There are always, always 
even better reasons for remaining confident. There's, there's always better reasons to remain confident if, if nothing else, the one key reason that we see here is God. If there's no other reason, the reason that you can remain confident, the reason that you can continue to have joy even in the midst of trial, the, the reason that you can be faithful and full of faith is God is in control. And what God has done before, God can do again. And, and the beauty of God is that God can even do immeasurably more than you can ever even think of or imagine. Ephesians 3.20 tells us that. So there's stuff that isn't even been done yet that God can do. So, so if you have no other reason, no other, no other thing to keep in mind, it is God is in control, and I can be confident that God is in control, and I can put my faith in God and trust in God because he is not going to let me down. He is not going to drop me. He is not going to stop walking with me in whatever it is that I'm going through. Even in those moments where you don't feel his presence, even in those moments where it just looks absolutely bleak, like there's no hope whatsoever, God is still right there. And he's been showing that to the people of God the whole time. He's helped them to, to get out of Egypt. He's been leading them uh, with his presence day in and day out. And, he, and, he, and again, we see the faith of Moses here. Verse 13. Faith of Moses is on display. I mean, he could have easily gone along with the folks and been like, yep, you're right. We should fear, we should be messed up, we should be scrambling, we should whatever. We should try to jump in the Red Sea and try to swim across. We should try to go attack the, the, the army. I, I don't know, he could have come up with a, a, a gajillion different reasons of things they could have done. But none of those would have worked. In, in reality, he knows, the reality is, there's nothing we can do except the greatest thing we can do, and that is look to God. That is rule number five, wait on the Lord. Because that, that's what he's saying. Stand firm, fear not, stand firm, see the salvation of the Lord, which he will work for you today. These Egyptians that you see today, you'll never see again. Verse 14, the Lord will fight for you. You have only to be silent. Again, we talked about it last week about the importance of what he was calling them to was prayer, and, and seeking God in prayer and talking to God in prayer and being willing to, to go to God in prayer. And, and, and again, it wasn't prayers of, of fear, but prayers of faith. Believing that God could do what he says he will do. Romans 10, 17 tells us this. So then faith comes by hearing, hearing by the word of God. What Moses is telling them is, is let your fear be turned into faith. Let your prayers of fear be turned into prayers of faith. And let's seek God together. And I don't know how you did this past week, but, but I was so encouraged. So many folks texted me uh, three-word prayers. And uh, even a, a lady that I saw uh, at uh, the hospital, as, as we were saying goodbye to one another, she said a, a, a three-word prayer over me. It was just awesome. 
Um, and uh, it's like, whoa, this is so cool. And, uh, and so, again, maybe you've been praying this week, your patience, Lord, your power, Lord, your grace, Lord, your mercy, Lord, your compassion, Lord, your will, Lord. Just three-word prayers, simple little things to keep your focus on God and not on the problem. Because when you focus on a problem, that's when fear, that's when anxiety, that's when anger, that's when frustration, that's when all these things start to rise up. But if we can keep our focus on God, your patience, Lord, your power, Lord, your grace, your mercy, your will, Lord. What is that? That, that, all that? All that leads us to rule number five, wait on the Lord. The idea here is, is as Moses said, let him fight for you. Let him be God for you. Let him fight for you. See the salvation of the Lord. He is going to work for you today. He's going to do that. He is going to fight for you. Are you willing to let him? Are you willing to wait on him? Are you willing to leave room for God? That's, that's in, the, in the Hebrew, that's, a, that's what it means literally is to leave room for God. Why? Because here's the truth. You and I cannot solve every problem. You, you and I cannot solve every problem. You and I cannot cure every hurt. You and I cannot avoid every fear. You and I cannot do the impossible. What we can do is leave room for God. And you know what God likes to do? The impossible. He makes the impossible possible. He makes the impossible possible. He makes a way when there is no way. He is the God that is in control. Am I willing? Am I willing to wait on him? Am I willing to be silent before him? Our memory verse for this next week is Psalm 46.10. I alluded to this last week. I'm giving you kind of a freebie easy one because a lot of you already know this. Be still and know that I am God. So, so you start to memorize that. Let that pour over your heart, over your mind. Psalm 46.10, be still and know that I am God. That, that's, that is what Moses in faith is saying to those people. Again, realizing there is nothing that they can do humanly speaking. They're not going to be able to solve this. They're not going to be able to work their way out of this. They're not going to be able to, what, this has got to be God showing up. And he knows it, and by faith he's standing before the people. Imagine this faith as they're backed into this, this two, there's two lines of defense coming at them, and, and, and they don't know what to do. And he stands up and he says, fear not, stand firm, see the salvation of the Lord. So here's the thing, what happens when you and I let fear and worry and stress and all these other things start to get into our focus, we lose sight of seeing the salvation of the Lord. We lose sight of seeing God fight for us. We lose sight of remembering what he has done for us before. And, and so, so waiting on the Lord, what it does is it causes us to be still and to see the salvation of the Lord, to see God fight for us, to see God go before us, to see, and, and, and the beauty of this is we're gonna see this happen in relationship to this story. But I believe more than that, you can see that happen very realistically in your life. 
You know why? It's not just this story. Over and over and over again, this is repeated throughout Scripture. Think about Abraham and his son Isaac. Think about, think about Noah with the ark. Think about, think, think, think about uh, Joshua with the wall. Think, think about Mary and Joseph with Jesus. Now, now here's the thing. Here's, here's the crazy thing is, and, and part that we don't like, is you start to think about the story of, of Noah and the ark. How long did it take him to build that bad boy? That, that's, that's what we don't like. Oh, oh, God, save me, help me. And then 112 years later, God shows up. Oh, man, we're like, oh, this is not the right timing. No, God's timing is always perfect. God's timing is always right on. Thing is, is he didn't ask us to, to try to figure out the timing. He doesn't ask us to try to figure out when and where and how. What he just does is he says, here's what I want you to do. Obey. Trust me. Obey. Do what I'm asking you to do. And, and what, did, what did Noah do? He trusted and obeyed for 100 plus years, building an ark out in the middle of a desert. That's messed up. Crazy faith. Amen. Absolutely. And, and then you go a step even further than that. And you've got, you've got Joshua with the wall. You, you want us to do what? March around the wall and shout. Like one time for six days, and then on the seventh day, we're going to march around a whole bunch of times, and then we're going to blow some horns, and we're going to shout, and you're going to cause this thing to happen. Man, that has to be, like, seriously, if you're Joshua... You got to be going, whoa, that's nuts. And it is no doubt in my mind, the people on, in, in Jericho are up on the wall going, oh, look at those cute little Israelites. They're doing, they doing a miracle. Like, it's going around in circles around. The, it's just crazy. What are they doing? I love how VeggieTales does it. They throw, they throw uh, Slurpees on them. But anyway. Um, no, but seriously, that's That's nuts. But that, that's what I'm talking about. If, if we're following God, yes, his timing is always right. His timing is always perfect. Are we willing to trust that? Are we willing to wait on that even if it's a long time? Are we willing to do something that's totally off the wall crazy that like, like Joshua with marching around a city? Or are we willing to say like Mary to, to the angel Gabriel, Lord, I'm willing to do let it be said to me, let it be done to me what you're saying to me. I, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to be the mother of Jesus, and it's not going to happen naturally. It's going to happen supernaturally. Imagine being Joseph, hearing that news, and, and God is still saying, I want you to love Mary, and you're going to be the earthly father of Jesus. What? Yeah, in, in faith, they waited on the Lord. But then we have examples of the opposite of that. We have Jonah, who, who is not willing to do what God wanted him to do, and so he ends up being fish food, and then he ends up being barfed up onto, an, uh, onto the beach and still doesn't have a good attitude about it. We have Saul, who decides to take matters into his own hands, and the Bible says the Spirit of God departed from him, and, and it was never a good thing for Saul. We have Solomon, who's the wisest man ever to be on the planet, and yet 
he can't help himself because he's got this sexual addiction that's so messed up that he's not willing to follow God. He's willing to follow himself. And, and the Bible says that that addiction turned his heart away from God. They, they were not willing to wait on the Lord. They, they were not willing to do what, what God had instructed them to do. And it did not turn out well for them. My friend, you, you have a choice to make. Will I wait on God? Will I follow God? Or will I fight him? I, I do not know where you're at in your heart. I do not know where you're at in your walk. But I, I want to read to you a psalm. A friend of mine read this in a prayer time we had this week, and, and it just hit me, and I'm like, I need to read this Sunday. Psalm 130. You can turn there if you want. Or you can wait and look at it later. If you need to, just close your eyes and just listen to the words just wash over you. David is in a position where he's writing this psalm from a broken heart as a result of choices that he made that were sin against God. And he's experiencing the forgiveness and the beauty of God. And he's reminded of how much he needs God. And yet he's in a position where he's hurting. Listen, listen to these words, Psalm 130. Out of the depths I cry to you, O Lord. Maybe that's where you're at right now. The depths of your soul. The depths of a situation, I don't know. O Lord, hear my voice. Let your ears be attentive to the voice of my plea for mercy. If you, O Lord, kept a record of my sin, O Lord, who could stand? But with you there is forgiveness that you may be feared. I wait for the Lord, my soul waits. And in his word I hope. My soul waits for the Lord more than someone watching for the morning, more than someone watching for the morning. Put your name in here. Put your name in this next verse. I'm going to put mine in as I read it. Oh, Jason, hope in the Lord. For with the Lord there is steadfast love, and with him is plentiful redemption. He will redeem Jason from all of his sins. My friend, are you waiting on the Lord right now, today? I can't answer that for you for tomorrow. I can't answer that for you for later today. Are you, are you waiting on the Lord right now? Are you leaving room for God to fight for you today? Are you willing to see the salvation of our Lord. With him there is steadfast love. With him is plentiful salvation, redemption. You were asked earlier to talk to God and say, God, speak to me today. Follow-up question of that is really simple. What is he speaking to you about today? 
would you be willing to take it a step further and share it with somebody? You need to tell somebody about it. Don't just keep it to yourself because if God is speaking to you and telling you something, he doesn't want it just to be you. He wants you to share it with somebody because you might be the word of encouragement for somebody today that would change the trajectory of their life. And you have an opportunity to go and make disciples who make disciples by sharing what it is that God is speaking to you about today. And so will you do that? Again, just if you would, close your eyes, bow your head. I don't know your heart. I don't need to. God does. He sees the, the reality of what you're going through. He knows the, the defensive lines that you're facing, the Red Sea that you're backed up against. He, he knows that very well. And I wonder, my friend, are you willing to wait on him? Maybe you're here, and the reason you can't seem to wait on the Lord is because, honestly, you just don't even know Jesus. You don't have a relationship with him. You've never put your faith and trust in Jesus alone. Can I just tell you today is the day to do that. Now is the time to do that. I don't have a magic prayer for you to pray. No, it's, it, God's just concerned with your heart. So here's what I'm going to tell you. Just pour out your heart to him. He'll hear you. He'll transform your life. If you do know him, are you waiting on him? Are you leaving room for God? Are you letting God fight for you? If he wants to, are you letting him? No matter, no matter the outcome, no matter the answer, are you willing to wait on the Lord? Father, thank you that you know our hearts. Gosh, you know them better than we know them. So Lord, help us to trust you. Help us to, by faith, surrender ourselves to you. Help us to, to wait on you and let you fight for us. With you, there is plenty redemption. There is plenty salvation. There is plenty of love. Everlasting love. Wow, that you would love me, a sinner. Love me, a wretch. Who am I? Who is man that you are mindful of him? God, thank you that you know the details of my heart, and yet you still love me completely. Nothing I can do to change that. Praise God. Nothing that I can do to earn it more. Praise God. I just pray that in this moment, we would let you transform our heart. God, you're good. Thanks for your love. Thank you for your son, Jesus. In his name I pray. Amen.